How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another Emerald City Hockey post-game live. They're up, they're down. It's the Kraken fall five to two to the Minnesota Wild. An inverse of last game, right after I know. Oh my gosh, everybody. Just consistency. You know, like consistency would be great. It would be really great, wouldn't it? Uh I I mean, I I don't even really know where to begin with this one. I mean, there was discipline issues. There was defensive issues. Those came back. I mean, so much of what made last game look so good for the Kraken, right? Whether it was their offensive strategies, their power play strategies, uh, the way they defended, the goaltending, just all of it wasn't there. It just wasn't there tonight. And a game that you needed it to be there because this was going to be a big four-point swing game. We knew this coming in. And, I mean, they just they just didn't have it is the bottom line they, they they just weren't there and unfortunately with the exception of st louis all the other teams in the wild card race won tonight uh so it just makes it even worse cracking now five points back of that second wild card spot so <sighs> things are gonna things are gonna get tough there's still time they can still do this you know boston we know they play well against boston uh, Pittsburgh, you know, you maybe pull off something there. They haven't been that great this year, but Kraken, I mean, it feels like every couple of post games, I got to come on here and say this, but Kraken got to win. They got to start winning. They really, really do. And you just got to do it consistent, consistently. Uh, want to take a moment before I get into the comment section though, to of course, thank our sponsor Flatstick pub for sponsoring this post game, as well as all the post games. And, you know, after a game like tonight, probably a good, good idea to remind everybody, if you were at that Kraken game, I know several people, a lot of people watch, uh, as they leave, as they're on their way home, you can go to that South Lake Union location for Flatstick Pub and get a dollar off beer after the game and just show your ticket uh, to take advantage of that special there. And a uh, game like this eh, might be might be worth it. Just saying. Might, might be a good idea for some folks. Uh, Going to start off the comment section here with Seth with the super chat. Thank you very much, Seth. Appreciate that. Ebbs scored. Yes, Ebbs did score. He's staying hot. I mean, look. For a guy who keeps insisting he doesn't want to get traded at the trade deadline as his name is floating around national rumors uh, with the Rangers, you know, scouting him and all that stuff, supposedly. Right. Uh, for a guy who doesn't want to be traded, boy, is he sure heating up right right in front of the trade deadline. Right. Uh, but really, I think a lot of this is just, you know, it's basically regression. Right. I mean, he's struggled through a lot of this year. He's he's kind of just, you know been unlucky in a lot of ways and so it's nice for him to kind of just get back to the ebbs that we know and love and he's getting on the scoreboard and he's getting help he's getting bounces i mean his goal tonight he's he's back up against the wall below the goal line throws it in front goes off the wild defender flower can't really handle it he ends up kind of knocking it in with his elbow uh, so yeah, you know, that's, that's the way good goal scorers are though. They just, they get those bounces and they're able to, to be successful. So good on ebbs for sure, Seth. And then Schultz with the super chat. Where did our special teams go? I don't know. So much of what made the power play work against Vancouver wasn't really there for this one. There was lots of player movement against Vancouver, a lot less in this one. I saw what Allison was talking about with the kind of like pseudo umbrella kind of that they were going for at times because they weren't even really super committed to that. But what was interesting about it, we'll have an early appearance of the whiteboard. Why don't, why don't we for this real quick? Um, 
so what was interesting was that it wasn't like totally a traditional umbrella and and that kind of confused me a little bit so I was, I was trying to figure out what they were going for um but one of the, the the way a traditional umbrella would look as i get the whiteboard up and ready to go here so a traditional umbrella would look something like this and the idea is like you've got the uh this the like uh the handle of the umbrella, the stick part, and then it just kind of fans out uh, on the top. I got to get used to <laughs> working backwards and mirrored here on the screen. So that's that's like a, what a traditional umbrella setup looks like. It's similar to just the generic one three one that like everybody runs these days. It's just you'd have those guys more dropped down in line with the bumper spot in the middle. Um, what the Kraken did though was they have the guys play up high. And then they were just having these two players down there. So instead, it kind of looks something like this. Now, I get where she's coming from with the umbrella because the umbrella is the only time you'd have three players up high uh, in the zone on a power play because it's not the it's not the greatest place for them to be. But it's the unit that has Oliver Bjorkstrand on one side and Jared McCann on the other. And we know that those are both players that like to play up high on the power play. So I can kind of see them going with this. And then they were getting guys ready for rebounds or passes at the side of the net. It's a different look. I still like the fact that it's a different look, but not a ton of player movement here. And I don't know. It wasn't, it, it didn't seem that great. The other power play setup that the other unit for the power play was running though, was a much more of like a traditional kind of triangle setup. And I thought this worked a lot better. That's that's more of, of like a, a triangle setup. This mainly being the triangle uh, that you focus the puck in. And um, this is similar to what I was talking about a couple post games back where I was talking about the Penguins power play uh, that they've run for years with Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby plays along the goal line here. I was saying you could have Matty Beneers play there and Sure enough, that's where he was playing uh, today. And then you have, uh, they had Berkey here. And then uh, I believe it was Jaden Schwartz here uh, for that unit. And um, you were seeing a lot of movement between these three players. And, uh, you know, you're getting a lot of in close chances. You can have this player kind of sneaking up too. So if the Matty Beneers uh, or whoever's playing along the goal line there can send some passes over into the slot, stuff like that. That's a better look, in my opinion, for the Kraken, certainly for that. Um, that power play unit, I get why they kind of have that adjusted or, or, you know, whatever you want to call it, umbrella something uh, for the other unit because you've got Bjorkstrand and you've got McCann who like to play up high. They like to kind of see the whole zone in front of them and then step up into shots. Um, so I get I get what they're going for there, but it just didn't it wasn't working in this game at all. Like they, they didn't seem to be on the same page. There wasn't a, a bunch of cohesion and there wasn't player movement, right? Like if, even if you are going to go with that umbrella, you need moving screens or something because you're talking about McCann or Bjorkstrand, whoever it is on either side, taking shots from 50 feet back. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or maybe maybe that's an exaggeration, you know, but 35 to 40 feet. I, like it's not it, these aren't grade a chances unless you're going to get guys screening in front and they didn't really do that in this one those guys were kind of the two down low players were pretty much locked into the two sides of the net and so i thought that was a that was kind of what was missing there for the power play uh in that regard for me for this one and then look on the on the penalty kill side of things you just can't take so many penalties. I know the refs were kind of on everything. Um, I mean, 11 total, you know, power play opportunities for both these teams combined in this one. But you just, you got to find a way to not, you know, take penalties like the the Vince Dunn one. 
right? Or or Jaden uh, Schwartz, right? Like just you, it's never been okay to hit a guy down low with your stick like that from behind. Like it's just the it's a no no. Like don't do it. He, he didn't need to do it. He just did it. Uh, same thing with Vince Dunn. There was no reason to to take that penalty uh, against Ryan Hartman. He just got mad and he took it. And it's you know this is become a problem with Vince Dunn. It's got it's it's a real problem uh him when he kind of loses his temper like that uh another super chat here from burnt creme my negative self says that is the season as you've said minnesota has easy schedule and they just outclass the kraken at home also time to trade jt for allison full-time hashtag sell 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 for prospects um okay so yeah, I mean Minnesota's schedule is easy. There's no there's no way around that. They're they're in a better spot than the Kraken are right now in the standings. I'll give you that. As we said on the deep dive, Kraken were one of five teams essentially fighting for one spot. It's not great odds. That's 20%, you know, if if everybody's about equal. Um and after a day like today where so many other teams won and the Kraken lost, including losing to one of those other teams, your odds, you know, they get slightly even worse. Um, now the Kings, depending on how the Kings, uh, game against the ducks go, the Kings have really just fallen. So they're kind of in this conversation now, all of a sudden, right? I mean, the wild and St. Louis are only four points, four points back of the Kings in the first wild card spot. So it's possible that we're now seeing six teams vying for two spots instead of five going for, for one. So that kind of helps everything, but still it's, it's a rough spot to be in for the Kraken. Um, they do need to start winning. I don't know that I'm willing to say it's the season. I'm still waiting through the end of this month. I think you got to wait and see how the Boston Pittsburgh game go. They could easily win both of those games and then, you know, they're right back in it. Um, I, I wouldn't really make a decision on anything until either the trade deadline on March 8th or just March 1st. But yes, it's, they, they need to just figure it out. Like, what are you doing? Are you going? Are you good? Are you, are you consistent? Can you win or are you, can't you like, cause that's where we're at. They, they need to pick a direction here uh, and they and they kind of need to just kind of stick to it if you want to, you know, end up in a good spot, whether it's the playoffs or, you know, in, in a position where you could get the most back for your assets. It's just it's just the way it is. Um, but thank you for the super chat, Burnt Krem. Thank you, everybody, for the super chats. Hopping over into the chats. I mean, Brooke, Borgie fight. Yes, we did get the Will Borgen fight. Um, you know, good on Borgen for taking that fight. I'm assuming that's in response to the hit he laid out against uh, Joel Erickson Eck, um, sending him into the board. So, you know, good on good on Will Borgen for, you know, answering the bell there. Um, it is, it is the code, uh, B the game to game inconsistency of this team needs to be studied. It's truly remarkable. I've never seen a team just look so dominant to just so not back to back like this. I, it really, really doesn't make sense to me. I, I just don't understand it at all. Um, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to think of reasons why that should be. And, and I can't. Right. Like there's there is no good explanation for that. Like like just to be for a whole group of people. It's one thing for an individual. Right. To, to be just off on some days or, or to be inconsistent in that way. But for a whole group of 20 something into 20 something guys to all just kind of be on or off as a collective. It's very strange. <laughs> that doesn't happen often. It really, really doesn't. Uh, and and it's a far cry from the streaky team that we were used to seeing earlier in the season, which is also strange how fast they lost that. 
Schultz tarnished the Winter Classic sweaters. I know. I was so pumped for the Winter Classic sweaters. You could tell everybody at Climate Pledge was pumped for the Winter Classic sweaters. Oh, and then this performance. Oh, all the magic was used up at the Winter Classic, I guess. Maybe that's the maybe that's just what it is. Um, Byron, this team cannot handle actual pressure, and it's incredibly frustrating. I yeah, I mean, it, it could be the pressure, right? Like you walk into that Vancouver game, nobody's giving you the chance to win, and you go out there and you take advantage of it. That that absolutely could be the case. And then in this game, you know, it's it's a big deal. It's a four-point game essentially, and and they just drop the ball. I I'm I, I think you're on to something there. I hadn't, I hadn't personally considered that, but it's it's certainly something uh, we will see as they get closer to the trade deadline as the you know, as they know, the front office is going to need to make decisions. We'll see how that affects them. Habak, it's concerning to see them go from such a good game to this. I feel hopeless. It, it certainly puts us in a situation where we have to feel pretty powerless, right? Like as fans. Uh, it gets very hard as as our emotions just go up and down, and we have to ride this roller coaster. It's it's incredibly difficult um, when again you see that inconsistency, and and there is no kind of reason for it, right? Everybody's healthy. It's not like something changed there. Uh, it's just that they are inconsistent with their focus, with their game plan. I, at times this season, it's been effort level. I don't really feel like that was the case tonight, though. Um, yeah, it's it is an interesting one for sure. Um, let's see some more, more people expressing some confusion at, at all of that. I don't blame everybody. Uh, fusion mix. We went from two struggling teams to one that's been hot. I think you're onto something there. Fusion mix. I mean, Vancouver was certainly struggling. They, they're kind of taking their foot off the gas. They've banked just a million points on everybody else so far this season. And yeah, they, they've been struggling for sure. Minnesota has been hot. I mean, they go to seven, two and one now in their last 10. We talked about this on the deep dive last week, back on Monday, Minnesota is just on a tear right now. Like they had kind of fallen out. People were writing them off They're right back in it. Now two points back out of a wild card spot. So I, it could be that again, it doesn't, it doesn't really, give an excuse for the inconsistency in say the defending or the discipline or goaltending or whatever it is for the Kraken special teams play. Um, it doesn't really excuse that for the Kraken because I think that's, that's something you could point at and just say like, clearly there was a difference from last game to this one. And it doesn't, it wasn't the other team, right? Like there's an element of that, but I think a lot of it is just like, again, no, nobody was moving on the power play. They moved last game. I don't know that that's really on the, you know, I don't think the wild were doing something special to keep the Kraken from moving while the Kraken were on the power play. Um, but yes, uh, the, the momentum coming in, I mean, it certainly affects things like when Vince Dunn scores the very first goal, uh, you know, minute, whatever into this game and the wild just seemed unfazed by it and they're able to come back and they they can start outworking you. That is the kind of stuff that yes, a team that is on, you know, a, a good streak, has they have that confidence they they can shake things off a lot easier because they've been winning and they you know they're riding that high um those are the kind of things that that gives you and so maybe we saw that um play in a little bit tonight julia well that was extremely demoralizing to watch but at least they had some fight in them yeah i mean they stood up for each other again if you go back to the, the first couple months of this season that was the big question with with us uh and this team was it felt like they were pushed around a lot and i think a lot of guys tonight sent the message that they're not going to be pushed around so that is 
some extreme growth really from how um it was at the beginning of the year i mean it was it was pretty like stark how 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 much they were getting pushed around at the beginning of the year and that has not been the case recently and and minnesota tried to do it tonight the kraken weren't having any of it so i mean there is there is definitely that nicole maybe playoffs should be scrapped this season if we can't beat other wild card teams if you can't beat other wildcard teams, it's going to be very, very, very difficult to make the, the postseason. Uh, you need you need the games like this one. I mean, maybe look, maybe maybe we'll come down last game of the season against the Minnesota Wild. Maybe we can put ourselves in that situation. But uh, yeah, it's I, I'm with you. I, I think we're all I think we're all there. Lindsay, well, that was fun for the first 36 seconds, wasn't it? Let's just remember that. The game ended 36 seconds in, right? That's that's how it works. Um, let's see. Uh, big oo from Patrick. I know. Went to Queen Anne Beer Hall to watch, but I'd give up the halfway point. I know. It was a rough game, I'm sure, uh, to be out for this one. Um, let's see. Uh, Fusion Mix. If Erickson Eck is out for more than a handful of games, that probably means the Wild aren't making it either. He is a big part of what they do. I mean, their, their center depth can be an issue for, for the Wild. I'm with you. If he does miss time, that will greatly impact them. But again, I mean, Calgary won tonight. Nashville won tonight. It, it's it's more than just the Wild, unfortunately, in the, in the race that the Kraken have to worry about and watch on the out-of-town scoreboards. Uh, let's not have too much silly talk about never wearing those beautiful sweaters again, please, from Sean. Agreed. I want them to wear them again. I, I, I really, really do. I really, really do. Uh, let's see. Um, Riley, I personally still thought they played good. Tough one for Joey, but he's been so good, so whatever. Bound to happen. Uh, we blocked a lot of shots. It got lucky. More didn't go in. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Kraken, the Kraken through a lot of this game still had fight. I'd say really this is the third period where maybe it wasn't as much there, which it happens five, one game, right. Going into the third period, it, it happens. Um, so I'm, I'm with you there. Tough one for Joey. It's kind of been a tough last couple for Joey. And I am wondering if the, the heavy workload that he had for just week after week after week is kind of catching up to him because it, I, it, it's starting to look like it did. I mean, there was some couple of these goals were like, I don't feel like Joey a couple of weeks ago would let that one in, right? Like they were just kind of sneaking under his his arm, stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I, I I would say that. Uh I think it's time to kind of give Guru a, a little while. You know what I mean? Like like let him kind of run. He's looked good in the last couple of games that he's gotten into. And so I, I think we're probably gonna see Guru from here on out, maybe. I that's probably what I would do. Just say infusion mix. Joey was due for another half of the Martin Jones hot backup goalie prophecy to kick in. Uh, yeah, that, that we might be there. I, I don't think it will be as bad as Martin Jones, but I, I do think we're we're kind of getting there. He needs he needs some time on the bench. He needs some time to rest up. He played a lot of hockey. He did a, a fantastic job. Again, this takes nothing away from the incredible stretch Joey had, but he played a lot of hockey at a tough position. He, he needs some rest, I think. I will enjoy whatever watchable hockey they play this year, but they aren't a playoff team, and I'm not convinced they can be a contender in the next few years. From Via Ren, it's going to be tough. I think uh, we'll have to see what they can pull off in this offseason. I know the, the early you know, looking ahead to the offseason isn't great um, as far as who's available, who they could bring in, like a star player, a really dynamic guy up front who could really kind of bring some consistent scoring. Um, 
I, I just think, I mean, they're going to have to though, like, right. Like just business wise is going to dictate that they're going to have to try. And who knows? Shane Wright can still be that player. Like <laughs> Shane Wright comes in and he turns in, he's a 25 goal scorer next year. That's a big difference for this team, right? That's a, that's a lot of offense and goal scoring and a guy that defenses have to pay attention to that can open up space for somebody else and all of that kind of stuff. You know, that'd be a big difference um, having that production, you know, kind of second in line um, versus what the Kraken get this year. So I, there's still hope in the form of Shane Wright, because I do think that he can do that. He can come in and be a, a very good player. Will it happen next year? I don't know. First full season in the NHL, could happen at times next year. Rookies always hit a rookie wall. They always go through a month or two of struggle. Um, but I, I think Shane Wright could be that that thing. He's he's at least their best. Looking at everything right now, he's their best hope for that. Uh, be at least Canner's point streak continues. Trying to find a bright spot is hard, but I will try. Again, there's there's still a couple bright spots. Um, but yes, I, I see where you're coming from, B. I, I really do. Um, Ricky, sell every UFA, maybe a few extra as well. Um, I mean, it, you'd have to, if you if you go beyond the UFAs, you're committing to really a long-term rebuild. And I, I don't see the team or the front office doing that. Um, what Again, whether that's in their best interest is a different discussion. You could certainly argue that it is, but um, I, I just don't, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I don't really know, know how much of the UFAs are going to be moved on from either. I, it's sounding like they're working on an extension with Eberly. So you got to take Eberly off the table. So then it's just really Wenberg and Schwartz. Uh, not Schwartz, Schultz, excuse me. I, one day I will stop confusing them. And it'll be the day that one of them leaves probably. Um, let's see. Julia, I love Flower, but some of those saves. Oh, man, Flowers. He gets us every year. Doesn't matter what team Flower's on. He gets us every year. Every year we got to go up against Mark Andre Fleury. Every year he gets us. Gregory don't match up well against the Wild. Uh, we don't. I mean, they're a big, strong, physical team. They can get under our skin clearly. Um, their blue line's pretty banged up, but it's still a big, physical, strong blue line. And and it, you could tell that they were able to um, kind of keep a lot of the smaller Kraken forwards to the outside. We weren't able to get as many screens on Flower as we were able to get um, you know, say uh, against Thatcher Demko. And uh, I do, you know, the credit for that goes to the Minnesota blue line. They are big. They are physical. They know how to just lean on you enough that they can give their goaltender a sight line. It, sometimes it's just as simple as that. It's just winning that straight up strength battle. And, uh, you know, the, the crack in forwards, we don't have um, a net front presence guy. Our net front presence guys aren't always the biggest guys. You're talking about like, Matty Beneers going for moving screens. Not the biggest guy. We've talked about that several times this year. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, not the biggest guy. I mean, we saw him next to Middleton. I mean, that was right. Like it was pretty big difference there. Um, and uh, Yanni Gord for that line. <laughs> I mean, not the, not the biggest guy out there. So uh, that is, that is certainly a matchup problem. You're right. Gregory, uh, the Kraken are uh, a hot ones are hot one second, cold the next. Us poor Kraken fans getting whiplash, lull, and sleepless nights from Elizabeth. Oh yes, I'm sure, I'm sure. Oh, it's got to be rough there. I, I, I just I wish I had an answer. I wish I had something to to even like kind of go down a a, a thread that I could follow for the inconsistency because I know that, I mean that's just what everyone is is talking about and it, it's just it, it's inexplicable. I and. I just, I don't know. Uh, I, I, without 
being in the room when you know media is not normally allowed in the room i don't know what to call it uh i think a lot of it just comes back around the focus it's just focus it's effort it's just being ready to play whatever it is you want to call it discipline right mental focus that would that would it's all it's all in that kind of same realm and that's where we're seeing the inconsistency that's it's really just the only thing i can think of but it I'm sorry I'm not able to like give you something more than that from an analysis standpoint. Um, let's see. That was a must win. That was just really bad from Sean Reed. Aaron, I'm really close to being on the seller side of things at the trade deadline. I, again, if the next if the next game it's a repeat, Pittsburgh game, it's a repeat. Uh it has to be right. Like there's just no, there's just no way around that. There's just no way around that. Uh, Jenna, didn't we get Berkey specifically to score goals? Yeah. I mean, to score goals or at least bring offense. Um, he's also known as a really good distributor. We, we see his passes. Uh, he attempts passes. Other guys don't, don't always. Um, but yes, I mean, he was the big off season addition year ago. I know the, the inconsistency with him being healthy. It's rough on a player. It really is. I, I've defended him. He's played well, but yes, at some point you just need the production similar to the way we talk with Matty Beniers, right? Matty Beniers playing fantastic in the defensive zone, but at some point you just need the offensive production. It has to be there. And I do think Berkey's at that point too, where it's like, you're playing well, you're back into um, the, the top six. He's getting the minutes. He's getting the power play looks at some point. He's just got to start producing. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just not alone on this team. There's a lot of those guys, uh, good on Ebbs for finally starting to produce though, right? Like Eberly is, is back, is back on board doing that kind of stuff. So happy about that. Uh, fusion mix Berkey's had so many setbacks. I think his rhythm is shot. If he can stay healthy, I think he'll be good next year. Hopefully. Yeah. You know, full off season, you come back in, uh, you're able to be healthy. It, it certainly will help him a lot, a lot, you know, it's just better for everybody. Um, but, you know, at some point, he just needs to get going this year, if possible. Edward, Kraken played Pokemon with the penalties. Got to catch them all. Ain't that right? I mean, they just maybe they got a, like a bingo card in the back uh, to see how many uh, penalties they can take, how many different penalties they can take. And they just went for that. <laughs> this one, I mean, there was so many penalties. Um, Sam, in our sacred winter classic jerseys, those monsters. Also, why the heck does Marc-Andre Fleury have our number every time? If he was still on Vegas, our record would be even worse against them. At least Fergus got a hundred points. Yeah, I mean Fergus Circus is on fire, but I'm with you. Um, yes, so, Christian, we beat Flower in a shootout in the first year. Since then, man, just just on us year after year after year. Flower, he's just absolutely got our number. It, you're right; it's just crazy. Uh, Coop, what I cannot wrap my head around is why on this team, when one guy finally heats up, the others that are producing go ice cold at the exact same time. It's like a one and one. Uh, one in one out nightclub. It's crazy. I'm with you. That's again, it's just inconsistency. Everything about this team is just inconsistent. I, I they, somehow after being the most consistent team, the sense that you knew when they were on a losing streak, it was going to be a while <laughs> when they were on a winning streak, it was going to be a while, but it's just all inconsistent. I, it makes no sense. I mean, the Yanni Gord line was the best line for the team earlier in the year. They've disappeared completely. Like when was the last time you really noticed that line? been several games for me and i've been looking you know even just to see if they've been deployed defensively and maybe that's the reason or something like that but no they're just playing like low event hockey like they're just not doing anything um so like there's it's it's i i just don't get it i, I the first line's at least going right now ebbs has ebbs is getting goals mccann's got that point streak like there's something but 
yeah, I'm with you. Just come on. Come on. Ah. Uh, Jessica with the super chat. Thank you very much. On the plus side, a Minnesota fan gave us beer they smuggled into the arena. That's all I've got. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Free beer. I would argue that's pretty good if that's all you got. Uh, it certainly makes the night worth uh, worth doing there at the game. So I hope, hope it was good. hope you still had an okay time at the game. Um, let's see. Sam Schwartz's penalty was straight out of the Shorzy playbook. Very useful in the no-show. Not so much for the NHL. Yes. No, you cannot. Can't be doing that. Can't be doing that um on the onslaught this is do or die time this team looks like 500 hockey is its best for us to make the playoffs we have to catch the team that just went back to back and beat edmonton and stomped us i mean you've got to catch them got to catch the predators got out outplay the flames and uh the blues as well like it's it's a lot and i'm with you they're playing like 500 hockey right now back and forth up and down it's not going to cut it it just will not cut it at all um Kylie, well, tonight couldn't have gone much worse. I feel that was the deciding game for making the playoffs for me. Minnesota plays St. Louis and Nashville next week, and we are four regulation wins off of nearest team. I mean, at least they they have to kind of play each other. Uh, you know, uh, you know, knock on wood. Uh, I don't steal the RJ magic, but you know, means there's there's going to be some dropped points for some of those teams in that, just because there has to be. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the Kraken need to figure it out is the bottom line. Like if, if the Kraken aren't going to play well, it doesn't even matter what everybody else is doing. Because if, if you, you know, again, if you're playing 500 or worse, you're not going anyway. Um, imagine it goes down to the wire in the last game of the season for the last wildcard spot between the Kraken and Wild. At this point, we can only hope for even for that. I'm telling you, that's what I was saying like back on last week, last Monday, I would take that. You, you gave me that and and then it became 50 50 odds instead of 20 percent or whatever it's going to be uh i would have absolutely done that i, I would have for sure i would have taken that 50 50 shot for sure for sure uh gabrielle is this just a one-off bad game for joey or do you think that we'll see a switch to grew after tonight's performance kind of talked about it already but i think um we're going to see um grubauer moving forward here i just think Gro joey played a lot of hockey he, he played a, a ton of hockey isn't that right rj Joey, I mean, he held down the fort when he needed to. He was fantastic. He did everything he could, but it does look like it's catching up to him. Yeah, it really does. I mean, this is the first time he's been yanked in his 51 career starts. I tweeted that earlier in the game. He hasn't really had a game like this before. And so, you know, the challenge is on him to kind of be able to bounce back from that. But I do think it would help getting a little bit more rest. We, you know, we talked about burnout with Joey starting, what, 25 or 29 games or whatever it was. And it does seem like it's catching up to him. So Haxtell did talk about that after the game a little bit. He, he said, honestly, he, and, and I think he was very you know candid and honest in this media availability. I want to talk to you about it. Um, he said, honestly, he kind of had that instinct to goal earlier to maybe pull Joey. But he said he's had such a great season for us. You know, I, I left him in there. And, you know, then, of course, after the fourth one, he, you know, he did what he did. But he, he said, you know, he wasn't the problem. He said, just like everybody this mm -hmm. game, he, you know, just didn't have the best game. Yeah. And I mean, the inconsistency, RJ, right? Like that's all we've been able to talk about. And there's not really an answer for it, but you know, just everything, they did everything right. The defensive issues disappeared last game. The decor was very focused and they were able to handle their business. You had the power play, the two new kind of looks for the, for each unit played well. There was player movement in this game. They had the new look, they had the new setup, right? The, the one had that like awkward umbrella thing. The other one kind of going with the triangle down towards the corner, but there was no player movement and there was nothing special about it. And it was very easy for the wild to shut down. Um, the discipline 
level of focus in this one, not there for the Kraken. I mean, just up and down the board, just all of it just dropped off after that Vancouver game. And we're all just asking why. Right. And I think, honestly, Dave Haxtell's kind of had enough of that. And in this media availability, more than previous ones, I think he was stern, he was candid, he was honest. And he talked about what he did not like with the effort from the team tonight. He said, I, I don't think we should be frustrated because he got the first question about whether they should be, you know, are they frustrated or not. I don't think we should be frustrated. I think we should be pretty upset with ourselves because there were a bunch of moments in this game where we did not meet the moment. And he talked about, number one, the discipline, the penalties that they took. He basically just ran down the list of all the penalties they took that he didn't like that they took, the moments that they put the wild in. And he said, this is a team that's 30 plus percent on the power play over the last dozen games. Mm -hmm. You know, that is a dangerous power play, and especially the stick penalties. He really didn't like the stick penalties, whether it was the high sticking, you know, the the kind of nut shot tripping, all that stuff he did yeah. not like. And I don't blame him. I mean, that's the number one culprit for me in this game is, is those unnecessary penalties. Because at five on five, the Kraken were actually not bad in this one. But gosh, there was only 38 minutes of five on five in this game. They just couldn't establish a rhythm. I mean, that's what Yanni Gord was talking about. He said, it's just so hard when you can't get into a rhythm shift after shift because all these penalties. Right. And, and you, yeah, I know I'm looking at like the five, the, the total ice time five on five, uh, for, you know, top line, uh, time on ice wise was the Wenberg line with only six forty one, So not, not yeah. a ton of time on ice there for them. And Dylan, I don't know if people like brought up, but th this building, the building really turned on the refs in this one. This oh, is yeah. the angriest I have seen the climate pledge crowd at the refs. Honestly, I just don't get it in this one. Like you no, look through all the Kraken penalties and uh, there's not a single one I can really dispute. Like if you go down the list, it's all either automatic high sticking or it's, you know, like the, you know, the nut shot from Schwartz, which is definitely a penalty or it's ones where they got both guys for like, you know, cross checking, whatever, yeah. but they pulled both. I, I, I know they missed the McCann hit and th and that was definitely missed. But, you know, yeah. other than that, I, I don't really know what everyone was seeing. I'm sorry to, you know, kind of disagree with everybody in the building, but I just don't get it. I haven't seen too much of that here. Like everybody's well, that makes sense to okay me actually. With it. <laughs> um, uh, and also, yeah, I mean, Kraken had five power plays. <laughs> like you got your chances yeah. too. Like this was a game where the refs were calling everything, anything they saw, they called. Like that was the way the name of the yep. game in this one. Um, they were at least consistent there. Uh, yeah, and the power plays just did nothing. Uh, Daniel, it kind of seems like this organization is great at scouting prospects and draft picks, but not so great at scouting free agents and pro players. Uh, kind of, we were having the, the longer conversation about a lot of the players that been brought in. You know, obviously Andre Burakovsky is the name that gets thrown around a lot. Just looking for for anybody really to step up right now, RJ, because again, speaking of inconsistency. McCann and Ebbs are playing great right now, but it means everybody else has disappeared. I mean, I brought up the Ani Gord line. Where have they been for like five the last, games the now? last few games, really? Yeah, it's it's been a few games. I mean, the, the one guy who I do think has stepped up and just isn't being rewarded is Andre Burakovsky. I thought he looked excellent tonight and has been for the last few games. He just cannot get a puck to go in the net, though. Yeah, but also he needs to shake it up, right? Like if we if we're gonna be critical of Matty Beneers for always going for the same shot and always trying to pick the same spot against a goaltender, Berkey always tries to shoot from the exact same spot too. And it's not working right, right now. Like Berkey needs to at some point shift it up. Cause I'm with you. I, I defended him for a long time now. I think he's a good player. I think his passing gets overlooked a lot. But at some point, like just like we talk about with Matty, the points need to come. That's like that's it just needs to happen if the team, team is going it, yeah. to be 
to, to be in the conversation. And, and just after a night like tonight, where all but one of the teams that you're in this race with is going to walk away with at least one point. And I say that just because LA is kind of now in the conversation, but they're going to overtime. So everybody, but St. Louis is going to get at least one point. Everybody else got two get already. We know about Kraken need more than this. They just do. Right. I mean, that's just the reality of this wild card race. You, you cannot give up points. They're not in a position where, where they can do that. And, you know, every night that they don't bring their full effort, you know, this is what can happen. What, you know, what are they going to be five points out now by the end of tonight? Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, yes, you're five points out from the second wild card spot. It's, it seems like a big gap when you're talking about, you know, five other teams being involved. Yep. It is. Um, so there's been lots of conversation also in chat about things long term, whether it's selling at the deadline now or just looking ahead to the offseason, what kind of players they could potentially bring in. There's not a lot of great free agents. We know that about this class. There's Jake Gensel. I've seen his name several times in here. There's not even a ton of obvious trade candidates or targets, RJ, either, which makes this hard. Uh, so, you know, people were talking about like, any way forward and i said well shane wright could be the way forward because of the offense he could bring uh which is where then this comment's coming from from sean dylan i'm slightly concerned about you saying that shane is our only hope for offense next year do you really not think ron does anything to get a legit threat on the market i think he's going to try but i just think when you're talking about there being like what two guys in free agency and nobody obviously like dissatisfied in their current situation or a team needing to turn things around and, and sell off a guy in his prime while they start a rebuild. I don't know what he's like. He can't make something happen out of nowhere. And this is just, it's the worst possible timing for the Kraken is that they need somebody really desperately. And it's this particular off season that they have that, you know, big need. Right. The options are going to be limited and, and trying to pry someone one away from a team just isn't in Ron Francis's nature either. It's not something he's really done in the past. I don't think it's the kind of thing he likes to do. He'll try, but but who knows? I mean, the fact that there there's so much rumblings around re-signing Everly at this point kind of leads me to believe they realize what the situation is. Right. Like, yeah, oh, we talked about that too or earlier. Uh, because I mean, it's kind of crazy, RJ, for a guy who keeps saying he doesn't want to leave, he's sure heating up at the time. Uh, that if you were a trade target, you would want to heat up at. I'm just saying, <laughs> right? But you know, if you heat up and it leads to wins, that makes you less likely to leave, yeah. And it does about 50% of the time with this team, uh, for anybody. Uh, super chat here from Riley. We're, uh, we're so lucky. The bottom half of the West is so mid this season and we squander it every opportunity we have to take a step in the standings. That has really been the story of the season here, right? They, they, the, the games that you, you kind of are supposed to win or you have to win. It feels like RJ are the games that they drop. And every time they step up, whether it's against Vancouver, it's a winter classic against Vegas or whatever, Boston in Boston, like they do every year. Um, it's just like it's it, it's like it doesn't matter right away. Like it, just like right. tonight. Yeah, I mean, that that kind of thing can work for you in the playoffs where you get up for big games. But in the regular season, I mean, it's just it's a long schedule. There's 82 games. And really, it's the teams that can just take care of business when they need to. That can win those important games, maybe not against the best teams in the league, but against the teams that you need to beat. And at the times you need to beat them. And the Kraken just don't seem to have that in their DNA right now. Uh, they haven't had it all season either, right? I mean, that's why you, they, they're sitting here with 11 OTLs. Yeah. And the next most for these teams that they're in there with would be Minnesota with six. 
the three back in regulation wins from the next closest teams. Like there it's, it is a struggle for them and it's just been a struggle this, this whole time. Um, that's, oh man, just even more conversations about like what, what this team's window is realistically, RJ, if they're not able to do something this off season, like, what does that even mean? Like, do you, I mean, people are talking about just really stripping it down, trading beyond just the UFAs. Yeah, I mean, I think the the real window is going to be led by your draft picks, players that the Kraken have drafted and developed. And aside from Beniers, Wright, and Evans, they're just not here yet. And I, I think the Kraken draft really well. They've got a good farm system, but that's just going to take time to come into being. And then that's kind of past the core of what you have. You know, the Eberleys, the Gords, the Schwartzes, you know, all the guys that, that were really driving the bus to start. You know, heck, Adam Larson, Jamie Alexiak. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to start to age out of those guys. And, you know, you're going to have to make decisions on them one by one as far as what you want to do with them. I think you still have some time if you can bring in a star very soon. But like we said, who's out there? Uh, again, you, you got to convince the I island. Mean, this is armchair GM I know. stream I, stuff. I'm, no, no, I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about it here. I'm just saying, like, right. you know, it, you I could go into saying. a lot of depth about it. Yes. Yes, you could. I, I'm still on Barzal. Like you got to somehow convince him that he yeah. needs to be fed up with the Islanders and he wants to move. <laughs> I, that's, I think the, your best case scenario. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then, you know, to, to get on the prospect side of things, right. By the way, everybody check out the Patreon. If you want RJ's upcoming armchair GM stream on the 28th, where he'll be talking about the Kraken right before the deadline. Uh, or if you want to check out the VOD from the prospect chat, I did earlier last week where I talk about several of the prospects and break down video with them patreon description in the link below um but like Varen was talking earlier and i agree with this so many of the prospects the kraken have are really just replacements that are going to just be elc replacement guys that are going to be middle to bottom six guys right like they're still just long term going to need somebody if if maddie's never going to figure it out offensively and just be a defensive guy if shane you know, we'll see what he turns into, but even still, you're going to need another person, another piece who can be that dynamic, consistent offensive player. Uh, you're still just going to need to find that from outside the organization, like where they're at right now. It's, it doesn't exist internally beyond Shane, Wright. right? Right. I'm with you on that. I mean, I guess the good news is the cap space doesn't go away unless you sign guys to long-term deals, right? Mm -hmm. Like, as much as it would suck to have another season of kind of being mid like this, you know, maybe that's what you have to do. And just, you know, wait until somebody becomes available, whether it's in the middle of the your next season or, you know, whenever that is, you can kind of strike. But unless you sign guys to term and money, you know, that, that cap space is still going to remain. Right. Well, and then it becomes, you know, why be mid? Why not just be bad? Right. Like it benefits you. Yeah. you trade off anybody who has value, get as many assets as possible, get as high a draft pick as possible, because then you might have somebody internally within the system who could become that player or something like that. Right. Like it's a very slippery slope. And it's one that I know the team won't do. And certainly the front office can't afford to because they'd be out of jobs. Yeah, like external that's the factors. Way, exactly. That's the way this works. Um, but like, that's how fast you get down that rabbit hole. It gets, you get there very quickly uh, when you start going down it. Um, Habak, that done penalty stands out. So tired of his angry man penalties. I texted you something similar too. Yep. You, you did. And I completely agree with you. Um, I mean, it just has to stop. I mean, it seemed like on that play, he was playing really well. They had the four on four going. He made a nice move to open up a shooting lane, hits the post, 
And at that point, it just seemed like he was just like, you know, screw it. I'm, I'm done. I'm gonna, well, <laughs> no pun intended, you know, I'm yeah. done. I'm just going to take out my anger on the, the nearest player I see. And it just has to stop. I, it, just, it has to stop. Yeah. I, I don't know why it's still happening to be perfectly honest. Like it's, he had a good run going though. It seemed like he finally learned his lesson after that overtime debacle. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's still more just conversation about like who's untouchable and all that kind of stuff on the team uh, right now from everybody. Yeah, uh, this, and, I, this... and I saw also questions about that, too. I, anyway, I just thought it'd be good to mention, you probably already have, but that we're doing a mailbag uh, for the next yeah. Deep Dive podcast where we'll get into some of these things as well. So hit up our social media, ask those questions that maybe take a little bit more time to dive into. Yeah, exactly. Um Coop, I would be very hesitant to disrupt the Lars Dunn pairing, considering that's basically what we hang our hat on. I'm kind of there. I think you might as well, right? Like this is do or die time of the season and sticking with things and trying to be consistent has only yielded inconsistent results. So you might as well try to go inconsistent and see if you find, if you stumble on something. That's how we ended up with this Yanni Gord line. It was just, yeah line blender and all of a sudden you found something um i think you know adam larson has struggled this year vince dunn has struggled in different ways larson struggled in coverage dunn has struggled in um discipline issues i think the alexiak borgen pairing has been rough for a while now i think you could shake that up i think you could bring in Riker evans sit, you know sit justin schultz like this is what i would do anyway and then really shake things up i mean i consider a Riker done pairing like just go for it like a YOLO defensive pairing where it's just that would offense. be the YOLO pairing yeah <laughs> but like what what do you have to lose you're five points back you're 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 not going to have any tiebreakers and you can't score goals consistently at all right I mean you need to do spark something I, I don't know that you know like say Dunn Evans is necessarily the answer but as far as changing the D pairs why not at least having Riker play I mean because he's been yeah. sitting for a while and the thing is, I don't think Schultz has played poorly. Like Schultz, Dumoulin, Dumoulin Schultz has been one of the best defensive the pairs best. they've had. Like the best, best, really, the that they've had. It's literally so the like, best I, in the league. I hate to break that up. I mean, hey, like, you know, maybe Evans in for like an Alexiak or Borgen, one of those. I, I know it's the kind of thing that would never happen because you don't want to like do that to a vet. And that's just kind of how it works. But like, I'd seriously consider that at this point. Yeah. Just for a game. Yeah. Like I, like I said, you, you you have nothing to lose, right? Like you're, you're now last of all of the teams vying for a wild card spot, right? You have the, you're tied with Calgary for the least amount of points and you, you're not going to have the the tiebreaker on even them. Uh, so you, yeah. you have nothing to and lose. I'd like to send a message to, for the penalties, right? For somebody by scratching somebody, but it's done in Larson. Like those are the guys and you <laughs> no, can't scratch the them. Ugh, it's so frustrating. Um, but you can, you can demote one essentially. Yeah. Right. Like you could take Vince Dunn off the power play, something like that to send a message. Yeah. You better play Riker at that point. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes, you would have, you would have Riker Evans in, but I'm just saying like, you could do something like that. Like why not get extreme? You, you sit Borgen for a game, bring in Riker Evans, and then you have Schultz Evans as the two power play guys. That'd be bold. It'd be bold. They I mean, need I, like, bold I, right now they need something you know, not to try and lead between the lines too much, but it really did feel after this game, like Haxtell was kind of, you know, done with their, you know what, uh, he was again just more stern than he has been. Like anyone, go walk back and watch whatever video clip they do post of this. But like, he his tone was different than even even in some of the bad losses after this season. 
Yeah. Um, I think Nicole's kind of hitting on this too, right? Like this is, this is the other aspect of it. Uh, it's really easy to do the armchair GM thing, but then like the realities become, as Nicole says here, you can't trade away more than half the team and expect anything enjoyable to watch for the next three plus years. You move this year's UFAs and that's it. And therein lies the problem. That's why the team won't do it. That's certainly why the front office won't do it. That, and they, they're not going to see the other side of that rebuild. No front office would, um, but yes, it's the fact that like the team is not it would it would be really bad hockey. Like it's brutal when this happens. Unless you like, have we like should that remember one from guy. year one. Yeah, like it's it's really tough. Like it's hard to watch. It's hard on everybody. Um, a lot of the casual stuff goes away. It's it makes a big impact like on us on the media side of things, the amount of interest in the team. I mean, it's it's really, really tough. And I know we talk a lot about the season ticket side of things for the Kraken and, and that sort of business angle for them. And that being a reason why they can't also you're talking, if you're talking about a full rebuild, that's going to take three or four years. Who knows if the NBA comes into town by then, right? Like the Kraken, right. Kraken can't afford to have the Sonics come back and they're in the middle of a rebuild and their team is, you know, third worst in the league again. Like you, like it's going to be it, ugly. It, it the building be really empty, bad. Yeah. Yeah. It would be really bad. So it's just, it, it, it just, it's the one thing I feel very certain in saying uh, cannot happen and will not yeah. happen. If the team has been around for a decade, I'd be all for it, but it's just not the case. Yeah. All right. Seeing the Kings won. So everybody but the Blues tonight got two points. Yeah. Oh, again, I just, the Fun. Kraken aren't catching the Kings. We should accept that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Absurdly saying this is only the third year this team has existed, folks. It's way too early to be talking about long-term mediocrity. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I do agree with that. And again, we have yet to see a lot of the stuff that they have been banking on as part of their longer-term strategies for the front office kind of come to fruition. And that that very much, like I said earlier, a lot of that comes down to Shane Wright. A lot of that comes down to Riker Evans playing consistently. I mean, like these are their high draft picks. They've got like eight second round picks waiting to come in as well. Like you, you got to count on at least one of those guys showing up in some sort of significant way. So um, it's just a, a crapshoot as to who it would be. So like there, there is a lot of time there. Um, but I also understand like, you know, if you've been a Mariners fan, <laughs> it'd be very easy yeah. to fall into that with this team. I, I, there's, there's a lot of echoes and parallels in a way that I wish there wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's not talk about it. <laughs> Oh man, let's see. Um, let's see. A couple more years like this, and we'll be Ron Francis making these decisions if you can't make one now. I mean, that's just the way it goes for everybody. Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, it's just it's so so much of, of this kind of talk. Like it's really just mm -hmm. all that's in chat here. Um, I mean, was there anything else? Did the players have anything to say for this one? Like which players did you get, RJ? Yeah, I mean, so we got uh Yanni Gord and we got Vince Dunn. Um, and they were, you know, they were pretty honest about things too, as well. I mean, Gord, you know, talked about the penalties and not being able to establish momentum. Um, you know, he talked about being frustrated that they just can't seem to string multiple games together where they play really well. Um, and, and Vince Dunn too. I mean, he, you know, he, he, you could tell he was kind of searching for answers after this one. And he, he said, uh, I'm trying to remember like how exactly he worded it. If you can give me a sec, um, Okay. I, I, you know what? I'm not going to remember because <laughs> it feels like so long ago. We got the two players. They were really fast. We waited a long time for Hackstall. And then I, the takeaways from Hackstall are just seared into my brain. Um, yeah. But 
That's yeah, fine. I mean, Dunn was, you know, he didn't really talk about the discipline issues too much. You know, he more talked about just, you know, kind of playing consistently. And I mean, um, yeah, I can't remember that, okay. uh, what he said. I'll go yeah. back and find it after this. I'm sorry, yeah. Dylan. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, everybody. <laughs> here's a hypothetical question, though, from Sam. Isn't a common sign for general managers on the hot seat involving them doing bold but risky big push that wound, that winds up screwing the team's future and they get fired anyways? Uh, yes. So I guess in that respect, we know Ron Francis doesn't feel too much pressure on his job because he hasn't done some just crazy deal that you look at and you're just like, why? <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll wait till July. Yeah, yeah. That that's a off-season deals are fine. It's the it's the mid-year mm -hmm. trade deadline. You play you pay some exorbitant price for one defenseman and it's just like, yeah, no, that's not going to fix these problems and you've just compounded things for later. Um, let's see. Ch -ch -ch -ch. Uh, Riley, what concerns me is kids getting drafted aren't built like they used to be. They take much more time now to mature and be NHL ready. We do have a great farm system and draft pool, but how long until they're ready to produce? I'm going to disagree with that, Riley. More guys than ever are NHL ready now um, to play. I know they might not be physically mature and ready to go in that respect, but more guys we are seeing step into the NHL, their draft, you know, d plus one year or d plus two year and make massive big immediate impacts um you could just look all around the nhl for the last couple of years so um i just think it's one of those things where the with the, with the kraken specifically they haven't necessarily gone out and targeted those guys with their couple high draft picks right like maddie veneers need to stay another year in college but he came in at the end of that year played 10 games uh that's first season after he was drafted shane wright we kind of know the story and again if the Kraken were not an expansion team, Shane Wright plays all of last year. Like Shane Wright's been a Kraken this whole time. If he's on any other organization that doesn't have just a log jam of way too many people in it, the way the Kraken do be because they are an expansion team. Um, and then the rest of it for the Kraken is just because they're all second round picks. Like they'd never play right away anyway. Um, but I do think that we are in an era where uh, whether you're coming from the national you know, program uh, with Team USA, whether you're coming out of Major Junior or you're coming out of the NCAA where we're seeing more and more draft eligible players playing in than ever before. Guys are playing elite level hockey and they have the skill. They've had the coaching and all the extra, you know, private tutors and skating lessons and all of that kind of stuff so that they are NHL ready at a much quicker pace than they ever have been before. Yeah, I think you're you're right just, on that. I mean, it just hasn't you're benefited the, us, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's true. You're the expert in that area, so I'll leave that to you. Yeah, I know. Um, let's see, uh, Sean, shake things up. This is the last opportunity for that. If they lose to the Bruins and Pens games, it's sell time. Yeah, I mean, do you think do you think Francis waits until uh, really right up on the trade deadline, or do you think if they drop the next two, that's when we just see we would see a move if we're going to see one? I mean, I know he likes to get ahead of the deadline, but in this situation, I feel like he wants every single game of data that he can get before he makes a decision about what he wants to do. Uh, so I think we might even just see it up to the deadline. Yeah. Um, B, continuing to sit Riker when they're on this homestand just sucks. Send him back down if you really don't want him to play for some reason, but he needs to get games, AHL or NHL, he needs to play. It is getting confusing why he's not playing, RJ. The only thing I can think of, though, is if you want to show off Justin Schultz. There's that, but also I think you look at how the team has handled guys in the past, like Will Borgen as an example, where they sat him for 20 games to start year one. There is, I look, 
I think he should play. I'm, I'm with you on this. We don't need to argue about it. But there is a value to being around Jay Leach and getting a lot of that one-on work in with him. I don't think it's something that can replace game reps. But, you know, if you're talking about playing in Coachella Valley where he's kind of done all he can do at the yes. AHL level, no, he's he too good for go that there. now. He's way whether too it's good that, him. right, or whether it's working with a really good defensive coach in Jay Leach who has, has helped guys progress in the past, it might not be as clear of a decision as it would seem on the surface. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I it's just it's it's frustrating because he's played he's playing better now than Borgen played year one, right? Like Riker yes. Evans playing better than that. Um, and so it's he's just yeah, I don't know. I if I, this is the case know. after the deadline, then it's a different conversation. But I think they're kind of biding their time until the deadline. I know it's just crazy. Like you stick him with Brian Dumoulin, and it's the best defensive pairing in the NHL. Like the best. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't know right, but again, you if you if you're able to move Schultz for a second or maybe even something more than that, and then Evans goes in and plays the rest of the season, I I, I just don't think it. You'll look back at this as an important I know time that he was missing. I know I agree with that, but it's <laughs> it's at least not talking about what the team's gonna look like five years from now, like the rest of fair time. enough. Oh man, Fusion Mix. It would be a lot of fun if for the last few games of the season they call up a bunch of young guys. Probably can't happen since the Firebirds are doing well, but I'd love to see it. Uh, agreed. I think if this if if the Kraken are kind of down and out, um, there would be years in which you might see something like that. But with the Firebirds being atop of their division, you're not going to see that. They're going to keep as many guys there as possible. And what you might see is a Riker Evans go back down to Coachella Valley so that he could be a part of uh, whatever playoff run the Firebirds have. Yep. Yeah. They cracking her out of it. Firebirds are in it. Firebirds are going to get priority. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then that would be their version of the play the kids thing. I know like Ricky, you, you know, a, a lot, you, you bring that up, you're bringing it up again here. See what happens. Um, how the heck does a third year expansion team find itself rebuilding? I mean, they're, they're not like, they're not in a rebuild thing, right? Like they're not, they, they're essentially one piece away and they're a playoff team. Right. Well, I mean, although, look, if you look at what they did right after the expansion draft, they brought in a lot of veteran players. The Kraken are the sixth oldest team in the NHL right now. Mm -hmm. I, it sounds crazy. But, you know, how is the third year expansion team the sixth oldest team in the league? Because that's how they built it. They signed free agents. They, you know, they kind of built a, an initial core out of those guys. You know, that, that's how you're looking at that kind of stuff. But, you know, it really it's just those draft picks taking time to mature. Mm hmm um let's see uh are there any guys from finland in the free agency pool with all those failed breakaways the kraken could really use some finish from Lindsay. that's good uh, yeah that tanev good. had another one today and you know we were all as, as the, it developed we all just looked over at each other like ah what a shame you and know what though? it was by far and away his best chance like he he actually did pretty good on that one he got some height on it like he went where flower is weak it was just flowers Flower didn't drop into the butterfly, and that's that's what got him. Like, who would yep, have thought that, right? But that's that's what <laughs> happened. And uh, and if we're gonna bring it up, you know, Alexiak technically missed on his opportunity too. Yep, <laughs> Alexiak's shorthanded breakaway opportunity. You know, as as we all expect. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, some more talk. Let's see. Um, Power play coach feels like uh, has changed nothing for two years from on onslaught. Jessica PK coach should coach everything. All other coach coaches uh, are losable. Um, I, I started this off RJ with the whiteboard talking about what the two different power play units are doing and why it kind of worked last game. And then this game, it just wasn't there. Do you, as we were talking through chat and stuff, I think part of what 
the Kraken struggled with in this one was just not having size up front. It's a big blue line for the Minnesota Wild, and I just feel like they were never able to get a consistent screen on Flower because the Wild were just able to push them out of the way. Yeah, and Yanni talked about this, actually. He said that the Wild boxed out really well, and that's one of the things that they did. The Kraken just kind of couldn't get to the net effectively, and it's frustrating to play against a team that's so good at boxing out. Of course, you know, Yanni will never make an excuse. He's like, we just got to do better. We got to, you know, beat that physical play, right, and get to the front of the net. But, you know, that is something Minnesota did well. I mean, as for the power play, too, um, Hackstall did say that he liked the team's power play late in the game. He liked the looks that they got. He liked how they operated. But he did not like their first power play. He said it was a really big opportunity for him in the game. Didn't like what they did on that first one, and and it really cost them. It was one of those moments where they didn't meet the moment in this game. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, let's see here. Just trying to find some stuff. I spread at the hour mark uh, anyway. Uh, Sam, you know, for the Firebirds, could they get extra reinforcements if AHL eligible prospects transition from their respective leagues uh, for their playoff run? Imagine if they get Newman to come over. That is still very possible that that is something that can happen for them. Uh, I'll be interested in that in the sense that I'm going to be interested in how many of them actually get in there and play RJ. Right, like Jagger just comes over. Is he, is he going to get in there this year? Goyette, is he going to get in there this year? Like stuff like that. It's going to be very, very fascinating to see uh, who they work into in the playoffs. Because last year, I thought they were kind of aggressive at working those guys into the playoff rotation. They were, but it's got to be guys who you know, can play a, a depth, more of a depth role than what they were yes. doing in junior. Right, you know, you're not going to get the top. If you're Jagger Furcus, you're not going to be the first line winger, goal scoring kind of guy it has to be somebody who's going to make sense in a bottom six role. And so you might see prospects who aren't the most flashy kind of fill those roles. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. I want to end on this RJ. I don't know if Stratic asked it, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask it favorite goal. Favorite goal. Um, <laughs> let's see. I mean, you got the, the, you know, the Vince Dunn goal early in the game, you know, yeah. that you was, have, uh, you have the goal, I, I think that's the goal that was scored. And then the goal that like somehow went in. Which one did you like? Yeah. You know, I'll I'll go with the first one. Uh, (laughs) The boring answer. Coward. Yeah, that second one was... Okay, call, call want, me a coward. No, 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 I know. No, I'm, I'm trying to find something here, RJ. That's all. After after a rough, inconsistent game for the Kraken. I will take the Everly goal, though, just because like it shows that he's he's back, right? Like, that's a goal scorer's goal. Throw it from behind the net with your back up against the, the wall, and it just bounces around, and it goes in. Yeah, off the defense. That's, and, you know, though that's when, when no things are going right for you. Maybe not the team, but for you. Yes. But that's the that's the kind of magic that that a lot of the top guys just have, right? Like like the Ovechkins of the world, the Bedards of the world. Like they just have that magic it factor. Lots of other guys have the shot, the release, all of it. But but there's just some guys that those things just happen to. And uh, I just kind of like when it happens. And you know what? It takes something like that to be Mark Andre Fleury, at least in this building. He is just lights out every game. It we feels talked like. about that. We talked about that. It's it's brutal. It's brutal every time he comes. It's, it's awful, and especially because it's him. It's hard to hate him. But yeah, you can't. You can't be mad. You, you got to be happy for him in some way, right? I mean, he's he's a guy you have to like. Just in the yeah. NHL, you got to love him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jake, how about McCann catching that broken stick? That was pretty fantastic, actually. 
I did. Yeah. Like no, that. Okay. That was cool. One of the better moments in this one for the Kraken. Yeah. That, that was good. All right. So thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks to those that gave super chats. And of course, a big shout out and thanks to Flatstick Pub. Uh, hopefully some people from the arena were able to go over to that South Lake Union location, take advantage of the dollar off beer uh, after the rough game and, and, and uh, everything tonight. Um, looking forward to again, you know, trying to get another uh, watch party set up with them should be, would be a lot of fun to do that. Uh, we will see everybody for a uh, well, deep dive on Monday, as well as the Boston game on Monday. So we'll see which Kraken team we get, RJ. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? It's Boston. I bet we get, I bet we get the good Kraken. Yeah, but it's Boston in Seattle. So I feel like that am... goes back onto the, the mystery wheel. Yeah. Well, it was a fun game last time. I mean, you know, they didn't get the result, but uh, I, I bet we're in for a heck of a hockey game. Whoever wins. Definitely. Definitely. Should be a lot of fun. We'll see you all after that one.